0: All right, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the seventh day of December 2020. I almost said 19. 2023, the date which will live in infamy. The anniversary of the bombing of Pearl Harbor, the unprovoked attack that brought the United States into World War II. Of course, leftists will tell you it was provoked. We were uh, denying Japan oil and gas and they needed it. Okay, we were denying their war machine the fuel they needed 82 years ago. So then they bombed us. And that's cool. I, the left always finds a way to justify absolutely horrible things. Have you ever noticed that? They 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 find a way to rejustify horrible things with the reemergence of Osama bin Laden's letter to America. Like, yeah, "You know what? He had a good point there." They've got the young kids now going, "Yeah, you know that guy I, who, who weren't alive, people who weren't alive during 9/11 going, "Yeah, I don't understand this guy why." And then America just killed this guy, this guy wrote a letter, and then America killed him? My God, how horrible are they? But you you listen to these pieces of garbage talk about, well, uh, Pearl Harbor, FDR probably heard about that. It's weird how they will accuse their own side of horrible things, their own heroes. They all cite FDR to one degree or another. He was a massive fascist progressive and they'll cite him when it's important. Oh, the great society, the, uh, the the safety net, the Social Security, the, this, that, and the other thing. We need to expand that. Oh, they're trying to get rid of FDR's New Deal legacy. And like, oh, by the way, he was also awful. FDR was a horrible racist. He was a, a wildly horrible racist. They celebrated for years until they could no longer celebrate uh, the, uh, the guy. They celebrated Woodrow Wilson, who resegregated the military. A rabid racist, a rabid racist, a cl- alleged Klansman. We don't know that we've got confirmation on that, but uh, certainly Klan-adjacent, um, Klan-friendly. And they celebrated the guy with uh, for years and years and years as a progressive hero. And then when people finally looked at, like when they were accusing everybody else of racism, they go, you, you know, you got your tramp stamp tattoo there of Woodrow Wilson, a uh, real horrible person racist piece of crap. And they're like, okay, we should probably stop celebrating Woodrow Wilson. They didn't denounce him. They stopped celebrating. They're moving everybody who is, you know, tangentially related to anything race insensitive. They're moving their graves out of the public square. There's no monuments to them, nothing. Woodrow Wilson still remains buried at the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. He's there. There's no... There was like mention of maybe we should move this guy. And then they all said, well, we've dealt with that problem and moved on quickly. They're horrible, horrible frauds of people. That's what I'm saying. Did I mention that recently? I should have probably mentioned that recently. But yeah, they, uh, God, I can't stand them. But yeah, it is Pearl Harbor Day. And, uh, but they always try and justify it. Well, we are denying oh, We were. We if we didn't have bases in Saudi Arabia, then Osama bin Laden wouldn't have attacked us. If we didn't do this, if we didn't do that, if we hadn't done this, that, and the other. Oh, if we just stayed home. And what kind of lives do these people live? If we just stay home and camera all the time, you never would have gotten this. That the other. it'd be horrible. It'd be terrible. Okay, great. Go ahead. Do the world a favor and stay home. Do the world a huge favor and stay home. Nobody wants wants to see you anyway. Anywho, there you go. That is uh, your history lesson there. All right. I want to remind you patreon.com slash Derek Hunter podcast or Derek Hunter.locals.com. That's where you can go. You can enter the win the signed book contest. It is the same deal as uh, last time we had our winner. And uh, BS Crazy uh, Mimi, you, uh, you got to email me directly because I didn't get your message. So I'm going to get this out to you. Um, where to start today? I've got some incredible audio. I've got well. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start off with, I guess, what will be considered the now. I'm recording this before the debate. I thought about should I wait until after the debate, but no, I don't care. I will say a good thing about the debate is it's down to four people. It is DeSantis, Haley, Ramaswamy, Ramaswamy. And uh, Chris Christie, I'm not really sure why Chris Christie is still there, but you know, he's qualified, so he's in. I would say that there's a push to get Chris Christie to not drop out, get him to drop out and endorse Nikki Haley. I don't, under- I saw a video of Nikki Haley, maybe I'll try to find it for tomorrow. Of Nikki Haley basically calling for. Yeah, open borders, embracing mass immigration, and you just lose me right there. Yeah, I'm just done. If you're the chamber of compromise person, you're going to appeal to the Republican establishment. That's who wants that. And I'm out. It doesn't appeal to me. So, uh, in the primary, at least, like I said, if she somehow wins the nomination, I'm voting for her, I'm voting for whoever the Republican is, who wins the nomination. But in the grand scheme of things, if you are a person who is advocating for open borders, if you are not a deport, a find and deport and punish employers who hire illegal aliens, if you're not that person, I'm not interested in you in the primary at all. At all. I don't give a damn. I never will give a damn. That's just me. It's my priority. So when they're saying, well, Chris Christie should drop out and he should endorse Nikki Haley. What they're really doing is they, they're not, there's nobody out there who seriously believes that Nikki Haley can beat Donald Trump. There's nothing remotely close to showing that Nikki Haley can beat Donald Trump. It is to kill. It is a death. It is an attempted death blow on Ron DeSantis. That's just how it is. If the support goes to Ron DeSantis, Ron DeSantis is everybody's second choice for if they're for Donald Trump. And if you end up getting, as it gets closer, as the vote becomes more real, people tend to take a, a closer look at their second choice plus there's always a possibility that their first choice implodes that their first choice does something that or says something that is wildly offensive or stupid so you need to destroy the second if you're the first choice you need to destroy the second choice so that it gives you a wider berth to especially if you're donald trump and you tend to say things off the cuff it gives you a wider berth To uh, screw up, to say something that you, well, you shouldn't have. Say something that alienates your base. Say, being pro-life is stupid and going to be self-destructive. He didn't say that, but he he wasn't all that far off of it. Uh, To say all sorts of things. If your second choice is gone and you've got maybe a, a... distant third or fourth choice left, you go, all right, well, I'll forgive the first choice because the, the, the difference between the first choice and the new second choice is such a chasm that I, I can't bridge that. The other options are worse, so I'm going to go with it. That's why they're trying to get Chris Christie to drop out and endorse Nikki Haley because this is a Donald Trump protection program. Make no mistake about it. Whatever you think of Donald Trump, I don't care. But let's not pretend that something else is going on here, that there's a chance, and these people really believe there's an outside chance that Nikki Haley is going to come in and do this. Nikki Haley is not going to come in and do this. She is not that strong of a candidate. She's a decent debater, not a particularly compelling campaigner, and kind of squishy on a lot of things that are important. So that's my dime store assessment of the debate before the debate happens. Now I want to get to the other news that you probably have heard about because the media cannot shut up about it, cannot shut up about her. My kids cannot shut up about her. My six-year-old Quinn cannot shut up about Taylor Swift So it only makes sense that the media, which seems to be controlled and run by people who are the equivalent of six years old, would name Taylor Swift Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Now, it's nothing against Taylor Swift, but what did she do? She put out a record. She went on tour. It sold a lot of money, a lot of tickets and she started hooking up with a football player. Is this it? Even if you demand that, well, there's got to be a woman, we need a woman. Can we not have a woman that one third of the attention that she got is based on who she's banging? Can we not do that? Where are the empowered feminists out there saying, hey, you know what? We should forget about Travis Kelsey, it shouldn't be mentioned at all. It's a big part of the article. But it shouldn't be mentioned at all. It is about Taylor Swift and her artistry. And even then, you still couldn't make a case because, my God, there's a lot going on in the world. But honestly, if this is where we are as a society, our society is worse off than I thought. Realistically, what's happening here, though? Don't get, me, don't get it wrong. Time magazine wants to move some units. Time Magazine wants to sell some copies. At least online, I don't know about the hard copy, but at least online, there are at least three different versions of the cover for Taylor Swift. And since there are literally tens of millions of Swifties in this country, they will buy one of each. So if they, magazines every once in a while, they print up, it's a special edition cover with multiple different covers, hoping to sell more units than they otherwise would. If on average they sell you know, 20,000 copies of their rag and you get people who are fans of whoever's on the cover and they have delusions of getting them autographed or they just want them around or whatever the hell it is, you can suddenly sell, you know, fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 copies of your rag that week. And you go, all right, man, circulation is way up. Everything's about doctoring numbers. It's a joke. What... So much of society is just a damn joke. It starts with the government and our accounting gimmicks to pretend we're not nearly as broke as we actually are. So much of our economy is propped up by ignorance that uh, somebody pulls back the curtain just a little bit and the whole damn thing's going to collapse. It's going to be interesting as hell to see. I don't want to live through it. I hope my kids don't live through it, but... It'd be nice if we had some adults that would, you know, address the problems before they become, um, before they become insistent upon themselves. But yeah, the idea that Taylor Swift was the most important person or the biggest newsmaker of 2023—an argument could be made, I suppose—but only because. The very same media that is declaring her to be their person of the year propped her up, which to my mind means that 2024, probably actually 2025, will be the year where they try and knock Taylor Swift down. They'll carry her on her shoulders on their shoulders through 2024. Why? Not because of any love for Taylor Swift, but because of the election, you see. Think about this and it's, I'm not getting all black helicoptery, i I'm not putting out a chart with pins and tying strings together and making things, you know, connect that don't connect. But think about what's going on. We've got an election where the Democrat, and make no mistake, time is the Democrat media and Taylor Swift is a Democrat in good standing. She can afford to be a Democrat in good standing. She can pronounce her support for feel-good measures that are actually destructive, that have never worked anywhere, and then she can go about it. She is never once going to be confronted by the destruction in the wake of her policy proposals. So she can Mr. Magoo her way through life and be a liberal media darling. She'll also be able to help Democrats next year in the election. She commands an army of young people you sit there and you go who gets their marching orders from Taylor Swift the same you 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 were probably influenced by somebody or at least your peers were influenced by somebody when you were 18 to 25. And Joe Biden is doing horribly with that demographic. Horribly with that demographic. So Taylor Swift can be useful In that way. So you prop her up as somebody who's wildly important. Now she was the person of the year just last year. And the person of the year just last year is telling you that you need to go out and hold your nose and vote for Joe Biden because it's so crucial. It is so damned important. Think I'm making that up? Think I'm well off base? No, that's how the world works. I get it that I'm wildly cynical, but honestly. Honestly, if you don't consider that at least a possibility, at least a possibility you haven't been paying attention. Pay attention, because it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And speaking of worse and worse and worse, now I want to get to the things, these audio clips that I have. Yesterday, I played you Elise Stefanik talking to the... um, the heads of three Ivy League universities and they were unable to answer basic questions or they were, they were unwilling to answer basic questions. Why? Because they're horrible people. They're frauds. I, I don't understand why there isn't, uh, why these people are not held in contempt. What is the point of contempt of Congress? I also don't understand how these people don't just swear at these people. If, I, if I'm a member of Congress, uh, trigger warning severe language ahead, just for a second. If I'm a member of Congress and I'm talking to one of these assholes and I'm trying to ask them questions and I got five minutes and the clock is ticking. I, when the, maybe the third time I ask the question and they don't answer it, I say, answer the fucking question I'm asking you. Or I will make a motion that you be held in contempt. Stop being an asshole and answer the fucking question. Now, that would make all the highlight reels and everybody go, oh, and I wouldn't do it for that reason. Although the attention that it would get of these obfuscating assholes would be wildly helpful. Put some people on notice, at least for a little while, that this is not acceptable. But I would actually follow through and try to get these people held in contempt of Congress because they're horrible people and they won't answer the freaking questions. What am I talking about? Well... Elise Stefanik, well, no, before we get to Elise Stefanik, I'll play the Ted Cruz copy, the Ted Cruz audio. This is brilliant on Ted Cruz's part in a hearing. This is five months ago, but still, it is instructive. This is Kelly Robinson, the head of the human rights campaign or whatever the hell it is, uh, God, she's just, all these people are leftists. There's a basic question and they won't answer it. You can tell so much, and of course the media ignores this. You won't see this. This should have been a discussion topic on, you know, Good Morning America, Today's show. Hey, the human rights campaign can't even talk about, acknowledge that there are differences between men and women. But, of course, to acknowledge there are differences between men and women is to burn a cross. It's the modern equivalent of burning a cross. Noticing a penis on a woman is the modern equivalent of burning a cross. It's a modern lynching. you think I'm being uh, hyperbolic? Maybe only a little, but give it a couple of weeks. And (laughs) times will change. They'll push it that much further. But this is, again, from five months ago. But listen to this exchange to get a sense of what we're dealing with.
1: Ms. Robinson, do you agree with Ms. Gaines that there's a difference between women and men? If the question is about trans women... I'm just asking, is there a difference between women and men?
2: What I can say is that the NCAA has rules in place. They've had rules in place for the last decade, and when this competition Okay, okay happened, I'm, I'm going to try again. The rules were clear. Do
1: you believe there's a difference between women and men? It, it's a yes-no question. It, is, it, do you believe there's a difference?
2: Oh, I think that we're talking about this case with the NCAA... No, I'm
1: asking a question. Do you believe there's a difference between women and men? Most I, people could answer this very simply. I, I'm curious if you're willing to do so.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm just putting into the context of the conversation yes? that we're having. I think that there are definitions related it, 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 to is, sex. Is, it, is that I a yes? So I'm trying to
1: get a yes or no. I'm not trying to get get a speech. Oh, is I, there a difference between women and men? I think that there are definitions for biological sex. Okay, so you're not answering that. Let gender. me ask you this question then. Why do women's sports exist? If you can't define a difference between women and men, why not abolish women's sports and just tell little girls to swim with little boys and see who wins?
2: Oh, I'm simply saying that, um, that
1: sex My is question, than gender. Why and I do, do believe why that do women's, sports women's sports have a great exist? value. I mean, Senator, I'll m- tell m- you right Ms. now. Ms. Robinson, please answer the question I'm asking. Absolutely. Why do women's sports exist?
2: I think that there are so many positive benefits to sports. But why have a
1: separate category for women? If if there's no difference between women and men, why have women's sports?
0: If there's no difference between women and men, why have women's sports? It's such a brilliant question. It's such a basic, brilliant question that the left can't address. They can't answer that question. They can't even acknowledge that question because the vast majority of what they do blows all to hell if they do. So they have to go on, well, there's a a lot of people think, and studies show, and some people would say, and all that kind of crap, because their whole house of cards comes tumbling down. If a basic question, a really a basic question, throws you for such a loop that you can't counter it, then you don't really have much of an argument in the first place, I would say. And that brings us to yesterday, again, to the hearing of the Elite universities, the presidents, the diversity hires. Elise Stefanik again, questioning the president of Harvard, Ms. President Gay. And uh, my God, you want to talk about the ultimate diversity hire? This is another basic question about fundraising. The hearing was about anti Semitism. And I don't know if you know this or not, but there's a lot of anti-Semitism in the world. And while it's bad here, it's much worse in the Middle East. They hate themselves, some Jews over there. They've been killing them for centuries. And, um, of course, they've been claiming, the Jews are genociding us. The Jews are genociding us. And you go, uh, the Jews are terrible at committing genocide because there's there's more of you now than, than there's ever been. So you really need to learn what the definition of genocide is if you think you've been genocided for 50, 60, 80 years, whatever it is. But again, reality is not a part of the arsenal for our progressive Democratic friends. So anyway, Stefanik was asking the president of Harvard, President Gay, that, uh, about money raised from the Middle East. Turns out over the last three years, one and a half billion dollars has come into Harvard from the Middle East. It's a basic question. Now, President Gay understands the strings attached to that, the caveats that come along with that, the the unsavory types of people who write those checks and the unsavory nations who write those checks and their record towards Jews, towards gays, towards everybody. they She understands all of this, so she can't acknowledge it. So she has to pull a, uh, what is this, what was the name of the John Travolta character? She has to pull a Barberino. I don't know if you never saw... Either uh, welcome back, Cotter, live or welcome back, Cotter, and reruns where he's like, Who, what, where, when, how. He then he suddenly became completely wildly ignorant of what was going on around him when it was convenient for him. That is the president of Harvard. But at least has the receipts.
2: Harvard receives funding from foreign entities and governments which support its Middle East studies department, correct? We receive funding from a variety of sources because we have alumni from all over the world. But that is correct, right? The Middle Eastern Studies Department? We receive funding from various sources. It's a yes or no. Are you not aware where the Middle Eastern Studies Department receives funding? We receive funding from various sources. I am asking you a yes or no question. You are under oath in front of the United States Congress. You are giving lip service provided your attorneys. It's a yes or no question. Harvard receives funding from foreign entities and governments which support its Middle Eastern Studies Department. Correct. We have alumni all over the world, and we benefit so the answer's from the correct, yes. Their philanthropy. Yes. The answer is correct. We receive support from and that's, alumni from all over the and world support, from individuals. And what amount of support is that reported to the federal government? I'd have to actually look at our filings. You don't know, as the president of the university, you don't know. Not that particular number. It's $1.5 billion over the past three years. Are you aware of that? I don't know if that is the correct number, but that's the number you've shared. Has Harvard reported all of the federal? Oh, my time.
0: Yep, ran out of time, but you just sit there and you listen to these people and you go, God, the contempt in which I hold these people is boundless. That is, I don't know, that to be true, but that is the number that you have said. How do you not swear at these people? How do you not go, look, you fucking idiot. Stop playing these goddamn games. I get it. Just admit you don't like Jews. Just admit you don't give a shit. Just go ahead and admit that you're a racist piece of crap. Go ahead and admit it. You sit there and you go and you listen to this and a normal person goes, how the hell did this person get this job? How did this person get this job? But if you think about it, if you really think about it, this is the reason she got this job. This is why she got this job. You don't need to sit there and go, geez, I don't know how this person got hired. This is why this person got hired. These universities know full well what they're doing and what they've been doing. They don't want you to know it. They don't want you and me to be aware of it. So they have to have people who are willing who humiliate themselves in public, who are capable. That's not everybody in the world. Most people in the world could not do what President Gay there was doing. Most people have decency, have humanity, have a sense of self and some self-respect that when you are presented with this thing, you know, I can't just, I can't do this bullshit. I'll just go in and answer honestly, and and they'll ignore the lawyers. They'll tell the lawyer, look, you, lawyers, you work for me, not the other way around. So I'm not going to play this game. No, most people would do that. The people who get these kinds of jobs don't. The people who get these kind of jobs, they have agendas of their own. They are cogs in the progressive machine. They want to put forth what they want to put forth. They want to push what they want to push. And they don't really give a damn how many people it rolls over, how many lives it destroys, how insane and stupid it makes them. Look, they got a contract. They got a contract. Even if somehow the the Board of Governors of Harvard said, now look, President Gay, you, you're an embarrassment and you're fired. She's getting paid out. She's got a golden parachute sitting right there in the seat next to her. And it doesn't matter she'll get paid out when she leaves voluntarily or whether or not she's imba- or she's invited to leave because she's embarrassed herself too much she was hired for the prospect of if necessary embarrassing herself that way it's all factored into the pay and the parachute And there's somebody else right up the aisle ready to jump in and do the same damn thing and take over for each and every one of those people who are up there testifying. And each and every one of those people who are across the country. These people are hired. Now, if you get fired, what do you get? Maybe you get a couple of weeks severance. Maybe you get a couple of weeks severance. These people get their whole... They have it set up. The system is rigged so that they can say, well, we've held them accountable. We've let these people go. The absurdity wills. We've put a stop to that. The next person does the same thing. And by the way, the person going out the door is going to need back surgery because a couple of their discs fused together because they were carrying the giant bags of money that they got. They take care of their own. There is no similar apparatus in existence on the right. There is no institutional crap like this on the right. It is exclusively on the left and it needs to be exposed and it needs to be destroyed. It needs to be destroyed. And the first step in destroying it is exposing it. The second step is voting people into office who can eventually fight their way to legal changes that prevent this kind of crap. Some sort of accountability in elite circles. Now, the people who would be doing it would be in elite circles. It'd be a little less likely to happen, but if you keep the pressure on, it can happen. It needs to happen. Anyway, I just love that audio. I love that audio. Now, I want to tell you this story because God help us all. Last time a new, an intern was in the news, it was because... Bill Clinton ejaculated all over her dress, and now they're back in the White House. Headline from NBC News. Now, this is considered an exclusive. Rather than a joke, rather than something that should get every single person fired, it's an exclusive from Jonathan Allen. The headline, White House interns demand a Middle East ceasefire in letter to Biden. Interns. You heard that right. Only leftists would consider something these interns say to be serious and newsworthy. A group of White House interns joined the growing list of administration officials applying internal pressure to President Joe Biden to call for a permanent ceasefire between Israel and Hamas, sending him a letter late Tuesday that accuses him of having ignored the, quote, please of the American people, Now, the vast majority of the American people support what Israel is doing, support the idea of justice being brought to terrorists. It is a majority of Democrats who don't, but whatever. Quote, uh, let see, The letter first shared with NBC News and addressed to Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris is supported by more than 40 interns who work in the White House and other executive branch offices, according to the text. Quote, we, the undersigned fall 2023 White House and executive office of the president interns, will no longer remain silent in, our, in the ongoing genocide of the Palestinian people, end quote, the interns wrote. They don't give a damn about Jews. Every single one of these people should be fired. They should be named and shamed and fired. Of course, Joe Biden can't do that because it's a good percentage of his base that's already mad at him. Because he is supporting the idea of Jews defending themselves. Yeah, let that sink in. That he can't afford to alienate them even further on the same issue or any other issue. He's going to pander wildly on the left-wing progressive crap agenda. And he's going to do his best to sort of play both sides against the middle. And uh, while publicly calling for support of Israel, privately trying to put pressure on Israel. They want, these people want Joe Biden to do so publicly because they're fascists and they want more ammunition and more fodder, fuel for the fire to keep their anti Semitism going. If Joe Biden had any testicles whatsoever, he'd fire every one of these people and tell the flank of his party to go to hell and he would gain support like you wouldn't believe, whoever, whatever Democrat actually gets the balls on the national stage to stand up to these fringe fascists is going to be pretty tough to beat in the future. Sooner or later, they're going to have to, or they're going to just be relegated to minority status indefinitely. But I don't know who that Democrat would be. Joe Biden doesn't really believe in anything. So him standing up for something is kind of laughable in a calculated political move. Kamala Harris is of the left. Gavin Newsom is of the left. Every other prominent Democrat you can think of as propped up by MSNBC is of the radical left. And a part of this cabal of people who would love to finish Hitler's work. So there's not going to be, even if somebody stood up, who would it be? What would they say? And where would they go? Don't know. We're so screwed. Again, it comes back to November. Always comes back to November. Anyway, that is enough for today. Get about your Thursday. We'll be back. If anything happens at the debate, I'll talk about it tomorrow. I just I just can't imagine it. <sighs> Megan Kelly, I think, will ask some good questions. I don't know about the other two. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I was way more surprised... And uh, the last debate was way better than the first one. So we'll see. Have a great uh, Thursday. Yeah, I keep forgetting. Happy Pearl Harbor Day. Remember those we lost that day and our response all the way up through Hiroshima and Nagasaki was absolutely justified. Piss off a leftist today. Have some fun. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks.